Hello, I'm the host of Wild Podcast. My name is Darshan McAway. If you typically listen to this podcast on audio-only platforms, well, rest assured, there's a link in the description that takes you to the video format of this podcast interview. Now, let's get on with our special guest. Let's get right into it. Listen, a, a lot of times what gives me the uh, accreditation, if you will, Hello, I'm the host of Wild Podcast. My name is Darshan. And it's going down like this. Big Red helps me around the house. My dream car happens to be a 13 Tundra. What's your Anything else you got to say? Any words of maybe encouragement or words of hope? <laughs> All right, good morning, good afternoon, and good night at whatever time you may view this particular live stream. I am your host, Darshawn McAway, and we have a special guest. We have Larry Smith the third. I spoke to Larry maybe about three, four years ago, and he was talking about his book. And, you know, after a, cert a certain while, we started connecting, and he was asking, like, hey, how do I get my, my books inside of Walmart? So we're going to do something very special. He has a, a movie coming out and it's based off the book, The Other Side of Ecstasy. So he reached out to me and said, hey, man, I got a movie trailer coming out. Uh, you know, can we do an interview? I said, yeah, greatly, greatly. Let's do that. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring up Larry Smith, the third. And let's talk to him and see what's going on with him. Larry, how you doing, man? What's going on? I'm doing all right, man. Just taking it one day at a time, trying to keep one foot in front of the other. For sure. For sure. So um, let's talk about the other side of ecstasy, the book a little bit to tr transition into the movie. So just tell everybody what the other side of ecstasy, the book is about and what the movie is going to be about uh, as well. Well, the, the memoir, the other side of ecstasy is basically uh, a short story on uh, an event that took place in my life in 2004, where I, you know, in my early life, I was like, you know, I took, you know, I took drugs or like ecstasy and it actually gave me uh, a bad, you know, chemical reaction in the brain. And so, you know, um, during that, during that little phase, you know, uh, I was, you know, I was close to being bedridden, you know, for the entire year of 2004. And uh, a lot happened within that year. You know, I had a lot of time to find myself and, you know, I was very, uh, closed off from the world. I was, you know, I shut, I shut myself off from family. I was, you know, highly paranoid and it's, and it had a lot to do with, you know, uh, leading up to, I like to speak about, you know, the uh, diagnosis that I was diagnosed with because of, I highly, closely because of taking ecstasy, which is schizophrenia, you know, which is my driving factor to why, I, you know, work so hard and write a lot, you know? So uh, that's, you know, pretty much like the book is about like, the phase that I, that it took me through after I took the drug, you know? Okay. So, uh, what's, what's your goal for the movie? My goal for the movie is, uh, to get it on like distribution channels, uh, where they can distribute it on TV and, and hopefully, uh, I'm going to enter it into uh, a film, uh, indie night film festival and other film festivals to see, you know, pretty much what, what I can get out of it. You know, like how the people, take it gotcha gotcha so as of lately man what have been your goals as an author because i know you have like what four or five books on walmart mm -hmm. 
So what's yeah. been your goals lately? My goal, uh, my one of my, one my main one of my main goals is uh, is to really become a, a bestseller man and, and try to work my way up to, you know, uh, getting a, you know, a, a getting with a major publishing house, you know, that's you know, ultimately that's sometimes one of the driving factors for a writer, you know, is to like be a bestseller and uh, and I don't like to, you know, I don't like to let those titles like you know, hold me back if I don't get it, but I'm going to continue working hard until I can become a bestseller or, you know, reach a, a platform like a publishing house. And, you know, another goal I would like to do uh, majorly is to make Oprah's book club. I've, I've been following her a lot and, you know, um, I don't, I don't really want it. I don't really want that any of that given to me. I want to actually earn it and work my way there because I know that it'll be rightfully due to me, you know, once, if I work for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've been at this for a while, man, uh, throughout the years, what the past three or four years, you know, we've been talking behind the scenes on mm -hmm. how, you know, how to get your book in certain places. And, you know, I'm just telling you like a little tidbits here and there, you know, and whatnot, but I see that you have been taking some of my advice. You know, I hope I've been uh, extremely transparent with you on how I went about doing it and what you need to do. Uh, I did notice that uh, the book covers that you have uh, on Walmart, they, they, they're they very different. You know, you, you figured it out. You figured out how to, you know, capture that eye, man, because I saw your books. I was like, OK, I see what you're doing. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I'm starting to understand, like, you know, uh, before anybody read anything, they have to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so tell me this, man. What's your favorite quote? The favorite quote um with is by um was this uh Napoleon, I believe it's Napoleon Hill. And um it's the person um how does it go? Uh the person who uh I believe it's the person who works the person who does more than what he is paid will soon be will soon be paid for more than what he does. That's one of my favorite quotes. Gotcha. For sure. For sure. So as, as an author myself, you know, we typically, you know, we think a lot. We're also thinking about like the next book, uh, you know, the next big sale. Uh, what would you like to accomplish in the next five years as a writer? Uh, the next five years will be to uh, try to you know, trying to uh, create a buzz around uh, my movies because most of my movies that I'm going to shoot in the next uh, two to three years is, is all these uh, movies are going to be based on the books that I've written. That's the reason why I started my film company, Mustard Seed Films Entertainment, so I can start filming the uh, the movies on the books that I've written. Got you. Uh, so what advice would you give an amateur writer? Uh, I, my solid advice would be, uh, don't take no for an answer because rejection is going to come at you at a flying rate. So don't be afraid of that. Don't let it, don't let it stagnate you. And, uh, just, you know, um, what else, what else I would say, uh, redo your research, you know, and also, uh, keep, a keep a, a circle of writers around you that, are actually doing a lot better than you like for example you when i met you uh you have been like the best word i can use for it is the blueprint for what i do you have been the blueprint like you've shown me ways that i can 
do and one thing about you have to be a person that if you take information from someone you have to utilize it and that's what i did i, I found a way to uh make it work for me like as far as walmart.com and stuff like that yeah uh you know what and i and i thank you for that man that's why i wanted to hurry up and do the interview because uh, you had reached out via instagram and uh, when i saw that your books were on walmart i would say man he's probably like one of the five people that actually took my advice and was like <laughs> did it and i that's what I, so now i feel accomplished because i'm like okay somebody finally took what i said and they went to go do it you know what i'm saying and it, you know so to see your books there man it's like it's like being on walmart in today's time is like the hall of fame you know because everybody book don't it doesn't make it there so when you yeah. tell people like hey i got books on walmart.com that's a big deal because walmart is primarily everywhere they ship they do the same thing it's better than being on amazon if you ask me because yeah. Walmart just has more credit than Amazon. But yeah. man, I, when I saw your books on there, I was like, I was so happy for you. I was like, man, we got to do this interview. And then when I saw the movie trailer, I was like, yo, he's been grinding. You know, I saw your documentary. So I was like, yo, he's been doing his thing. Like he's really serious about this. So I know for a fact that uh, whatever you're doing is working for you. It takes some time. But it's yeah. working, man. It's definitely working, man. So I really do appreciate you for taking my advice and running with it. You know, because a lot of people don't do it. They they just throw in the towel. And you kept, you know, you took the towel back and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it to the end of the race." Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you know, um, the thing is, if you don't let, you know, if you don't let no's and setbacks uh, make you quit, you'll eventually get to where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So since you're diving into the movie world, you're pretty much coming like a director and a producer. Um, what's your next move as a film producer? Uh, my next move is uh, to film the movie on um, the book that I published in 2021, which is uh, Black Gold Down Under, uh, which is a story, a fiction story uh, I created about you know an, uh, an African-American family who lived in a small town in Texas, uh, which is Crosby, Texas. And they found out that they, you know, they had oil on their, on their land and stuff like that. So I basically built the story around that. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm working with, you know, a, a production company right now. And they actually, you know, are going to get back with me and they, they're letting me know that they'd like to work with me and, and see, you know, what can happen with this film as far as where we can get it to. If we gotcha. work together. So I, I got a couple of questions about the, you know the movie side of things um mm -hmm. is it is it is it expensive or is it like do they negotiate with you i'm gonna be honest with you 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 got it's a uh it's a it's a hit and miss thing you like you got to keep reaching out to different uh production companies to see you know who, who actually uh wants to work with you because some everybody doesn't have funding and sometimes people are looking for a budget that you have and then sometimes people if they think that you have something that is worthwhile worth their while they'll work with you you know and, and producing it but like what i did was basically just you know uh you know hire a uh filmmaker you know I'm, that's how i'm starting you know what i'm saying but i'm going into like working with production companies but like i just got to the point where man i got uh just got tired of like trying to go to people for something and I didn't have the money to do it. So I just used the little money that I had and made it work, you know, work for me. For sure. For sure. Well, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, uh, the titles of all your books, and everything that you need to let people know about your social media, what events you have going on, 
and uh-huh. uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, my first book is called uh, Smiling Through the Pain, and I wrote that book in 2010. My second book is The Other Side of Ecstasy, uh, and my third book is called uh, The Power of Achievement. My fourth book is uh, Black Gold Down Under, and my fifth book that I just recently finished uh, about, about a month or two ago is called The Search for Lydia. It's a, a mystery uh, story, and you know, it's it's actually going through the last phases of editing right now. And, you know, I plan to do like a TV series for that movie, for that book. And um, all these books you can find on walmart.com. And and as far as like, um, you know, my social media handles, uh, my Facebook is Larry Smith the third, like my name. And uh, my Instagram is uh, author Larry Smith. And then I have a I go. I I work a couple of uh, Instagram handles. Uh, the other one is uh, my film company, which is Mustard Seed Films Entertainment. That's my Instagram. And then a third one that I operate is uh, it's called the Writing Guru eighty two. That's the one I use. Uh, like you know, deal because I have a. Uh, I forgot to tell you that I have an audio book that I just released. It's on okay. the, on the power of achievement. My self help book. And it's okay. On, it's on Audible. Okay, man, you, man, you've been busy. I tell you what, the the search for Lydia, I had looked that up, and I was like, man, that looks like it's very interesting. So I, I really do hope everything takes off. But that search for Lydia, you're talking about doing a TV series, man. That's some that's some big bucks right there, man. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, and uh, and hopefully, um, hopefully it can uh, take a hopefully it can take a liking to the professional world and and, and see what happens. You know, I. I'd actually uh there's two there's two uh undercover uh what do you call it uh policemen you know detectives in that story and I I'd actually like to have Ice T you know act in it right that's right that would be dope yeah but yeah put it out there man make it so make write it down and make it plain and make it so man yeah anyway I'm your host Darshan McAway. we're talking to Larry Smith the third let me say this I caught him before he got famous. So he was he was doing his thing before he got big. So um, just give me like an extra part in the movie or something like that, man. I'm I'm down for it, you know. Thank but you. it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you, um, mm-hmm. and talk to you. And and thanks for taking my advice. I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, I see your your future being extremely bright. Um, so it's 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 absolutely my pleasure to speak with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Larry Smith the Third on Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. We'll catch you guys on the next go round. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm gonna do another video, and with your permission, I would love to add your documentary to this video to extend it, you know, on on the stream. If that's okay with you, man, I'd love that because uh, one of the things that I didn't touch on in this show, what I'd like to real quickly is that my movies are not just for entertainment purposes i'm i'm operating from i have a message and i like to inspire people who suffer from mental health issues like myself with schizophrenia and i want it to be i want whatever i them see me do i want it to be a driving force for them to motivate them to you know because you know everybody doesn't see you know everybody doesn't look at mental health the same like you know some people they downplay it and it's, it's a stigma and it's like I'm trying to fight against all that, you know. Absolutely. Um, what message well taken, man. 
you know, it's, it's a big issue out here. A lot of people have a lot of personal things going on and they don't know who to reach out to. They feel like people don't want to listen. But, you know, over here, we have a listening ear. Uh, we do thank you guys for all your time and your support. Larry, just hold on real tight. Um, I'll put you in the backstage real quickly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Larry Smith the third a great friend of the podcast, uh, somebody who I've been talking to behind the scenes for a few years. And I'm glad he had the opportunity to achieve what I got a chance to achieve. A lot of times when we get on these big platforms, we're just trying to find out, you know, hey, can we become multimillionaires? Can we become hundred thousand heirs and so on and so forth? And then when you get on the platform, you start to realize that it's a little bit different than what you thought. But what I'm happy about is the fact that he saw his vision and he's there. You know, so if you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and hit the about section on YouTube. Uh, the website is wildpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. I'm your host, Arshawn McAway. We'll catch you guys next time. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Larry Smith III, and uh, this is my documentary called The Journey of a Gifted Writer. And what I want to do with this documentary is uh, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, is take people inside my personal life where, you know, it gives them a, a sense of, uh, more like a, a lens where they understand the detriments where I come from as far as being diagnosed with schizophrenia for the last 17 years. Uh, you know, I'm an author of uh, four books and you know, my life, actually, uh, everything, my story actually took place in a small town called Fort Hood, Texas, uh, in uh, 2004. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I lived there for uh, quite some time. And long story short is that I got into a bit of a, a situation where I went out one night and uh, went, you know, by myself to a club and I actually I got introduced to a drug, you know, to the drug ecstasy, and I went out looking for it. And uh, that's pretty much where my life, you know, took a turn for the worse, you know. Uh, I only tried it, I tried it like twice, but the second time is when I knew something wasn't right because I didn't get, you know, the, the effects that everybody else said they got from it, you know. So, um, you know, and that's when, you know, uh, everything, felt different as far as mentally. And that's when I became, as the doctors would say, uh, uh, chemically imbalanced, you know, and this actually affected me for the rest of my life because I have to take medication every single day I wake up. And that's why I'm taking people inside of my personal life and showing them like that I actually author, you know, author and write books under these conditions. Many people think that when they meet me that I'm an author, they think that nothing is wrong. And I, I, I'm living behind a mask because I have to portray like as if nothing is wrong. But truthfully, you know, uh, truthfully, I have to, you know, take these meds every day for the rest of my life as, as opposed to what the psychiatrists are telling me. But, you know, I, 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 I make sure that I do that. And so that way I can function under no, the uh, the uh, the way that I should, you know what I'm saying. So this documentary is more so about. Uh, it is also, you know, dedicated to those who suffer in silence around the world, who suffer from uh, mental health conditions, and 
feel like they're ashamed to uh, talk about it. You know, I feel like they're, you know, less than, you know, but the so-called normal world because of what they have and what they're going through. And that's, you know, that's where I'm coming from with this documentary. Science reports tonight on a new and powerful illegal drug being trafficked on the nation's campuses. Some users call it a touch of ecstasy. Some researchers call it flirting with brain damage. This part of my life is where I start to explain basically what took place after I left Fort Hood, Texas. Um, you know, like as I said, I was uh, I was bedridden for an entire year of my life that I cannot get back. And during those time, during that time, I uh, I actually tried to commit suicide, you know. And uh, as me being bedridden for a year, you know, um, there was a time, you know, when I was, uh, you know, at a hospital, and you know, my parents, they, they were the whole time they were trying to regain my focus and get me back to normal, but they, you know, they called a priest into the hospital room and the priest actually performed an exorcism on me. And uh, I, it's weird to not think about it today because I actually reacted just as the little girl in the movie, The Exorcism, and, and uh, I wish you could see it because I don't really say anything that is not true. I try not to do that, you know, because I want to be transparent with you and what really happened to my life back then, around 2004. And uh, another time during this time is when, uh, you know, after all of that, you know, uh, I actually felt I started building a connection with God a lot. I could say, you know, God, I, I built a connection with God because uh, I didn't have nowhere else to turn to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and as I started building this connection with God, I started to regain my focus and my mentality. As you, as you know, I was chemically imbalanced for an entire year. I didn't socialize with friends or family. I stayed in my room the entire time. And when I did go out, it was just to get something to eat and come back. And I secluded myself. And uh, But as I regained my focus with God, um, I started to, you know, let my parents know that I was feeling a little better. But the whole entire time, I was actually planning to take a trip somewhere. I, I just wanted to get away from everything because nothing felt the same. Nothing felt the same. Uh, the atmosphere was different. Socializing was different. Paranoia was at an all-time high. And, you know, when I was planning to leave, I had to think of a way, I had to think of somewhere I could go that would actually give me my life back, you know, and, and also, you know, uh, regain my focus. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll go to Las Vegas. And that's what I did. I, I actually planned to go to Las Vegas. I bought my ticket online, but I did this when my, when no one was in my home because during those times when my parents would leave, I felt like uh, that, you know, how would anybody feel, you know, spiritually or not? This is what my personal belief is that I felt like Satan, you know, the devil, Shaitan, I felt like he was uh, whispering to me every time my parents left the home 
and making me feel guilty about how I felt, how I was. So uh, he was basically making me feel like I should, you know, hurt myself. You know what I'm saying? And this is the reality. And this is the uh, the thing, the mask that I have to come, uh, that I have to uh, approach. You know what I'm saying? And so after, you know, I got past the fear, you know, of the whispers and stuff like that from the devil, uh, I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know, it was time for me to leave and go somewhere else and start a new place. So that's when I left and went to Las Vegas. And uh, during that time, one, the next one morning, you know, my, my mom would usually wake up and bring me uh, breakfast and stuff. But, you know, during that morning, you know, she knocked on my door and I wasn't there. I was already gone. I crawled through the window at 5 a.m. in the morning and I went across the street to catch a cab. And I, and I took the cab to, to the Greyhound bus station. And that's when I, you know, during this time, just keep in mind that during this time, I was, you know, half of me was there and half of me wasn't mentally. So that's why, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I feel that needed to be talked about and explored with the world, you know, that people should know this, because I know there's someone out there in the world that is actually probably in their room. And this is the reality, there's somewhere locked away in their room or in jail or in prison and they're 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 in that state that probably probably that same state of mind that i was in and they do not know how to cope with that so hopefully someone can show them this documentary and tell them that um there is life you know after you know so much heartache and pain we're out here on wood forest and um i, I came to this location so you can actually get an idea of what Think where things took place during my life in uh, 2004. All right, so follow me. This area here, uh, this is, uh, we'll start over here. This is uh, the apartment complex in 2004 where the, uh, as many of you know of me, uh, and as you know of me, the, uh, the, the place where uh, I actually <clears throat> took ecstasy and I experimented with it, you know, as a drug and, uh, it, it, it was very devastated in my life. So this area is where I want to show everyone where I was living, you know, during the time when I was bedridden and I didn't really uh, associate with friends or family like that. I was closed off to the world. This area here, after, you know, one night, you know, before I went to Las Vegas, I left out of my, as, the, as in my book, I stated I left and crawled out of the window at uh, five in the morning. And this is where I came in this area to uh, to actually get in the cab. I caught a cab in this this right here where we at right now. It's instant love. It's like being on a cloud. It's it, it's indescribable. You have to be there. It's it's really ecstasy. This is you know where I pick up. Where you know I went to the Greyhound station and I caught a, a bus to uh, to Las Vegas. I remember vividly. I remember vividly as I, you know, smiling because it was happy moments. You know, I was leaving, I was getting away from everything. I didn't have to be in fear of, you know, uh, what people would think of me because I was looking like this. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as I was on the bus, you know, um, I just, you know, as I was going into, uh, I remember vividly making it, just making it into Vegas. And I was asleep. I had fell asleep. And when I woke up, 
Allah saw was uh, the sun, the image of the sun. And I saw a, a big pyramid, I believe it was the Luxor in Las Vegas. And someone said, is this your stop? They woke me up and I said, man, you know, and, 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 and instantly when I saw that, I felt like, you know, I was healed. You know, I felt like God renewed my mind. It's like everything that I, it felt like everything that I did is what, you know, God aligned me to do for my purpose. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I feel like once that happened, I got off the bus and I had my bags in both hands, you know, and I was walking. And when I, when I made it through, I believe it was the, uh, what is it? it was the downtown, you know, downtown Fremont Street in Las Vegas. I remember I let my bags down and I looked up at the, at the sky and I saw, you know, uh, the screens and the, sh the movies showing how they have in Fremont, uh, downtown Las Vegas. And man, I don't know. It just felt like, uh, I was normal again. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't like using the word normal, but I felt like I was normal again. And I feel like every all my sadness was gone. And I felt like, you know, I was ready to give, you know, I was, I was reliving the moment of being, you know, a human being again, you know what I'm saying? Because I was born, you know, normal, you know what I'm saying? But as things happened when I took ecstasy, it 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 changed the chemistry in my brain. And uh that, you know, that's when, you know, when I got to Vegas. And a lot took place in Vegas that, you know what I'm saying? A lot took place there. That was good moments for me and sad moments for me. But, you know, when I got there, you know, uh, I even, you know, I even met someone, you know, that, you know, we had a real good relationship. You know, things didn't really go as planned, but, you know, you know, uh, you know, it, it was, it was cool, man, because I feel like God sent her to me you know, we had good times together and we, you know, uh, we had fun and, you know, that time ended, but, you know, I ended up, you know, meeting another friend and I ended up getting a job uh, at a slot machine. Uh, I was in, I was building, uh, I ended up getting a job building slot machines at a place called Valleys. And I, you know, the guy I stayed with, he was from Germany and he said, you, you can stay with me, man, you know, uh, just, you know, just pay me something for rent and whatever you keep to yourself. So. But yeah, you know, those, those are the times I remember in Las Vegas, man. I, I really, I had good times there. And I feel like, you know, I know it's a city of sin, that that's what they say, you know, which it is. But I do feel like, you know, uh, it is a place, you know what I'm saying, that actually uh, is a place that, that can actually uh, set, the, set the stage for starting over in life. If you are not just a real big gambler or whatnot, but, you know, but it, it was a cool place, man. It was the desert, and I liked it all of that. I would, you know, walk the streets every day, and I would go have fun. I would drink. This was the time when I was drinking because, you know, back then, this was before I was a Muslim. And, you know, eight years ago, I converted to Islam. And I can honestly say, without anybody having any force to make me say anything, you know, as opposed to what media convinces people, I did... I feel like it was the best decision ever to convert to Islam, you know, because uh, I became, I started, it's, it's like when I converted, I, I started to see the things that, uh, I started to see the things that were unclean in my life, that God showed me that I wanted to do, but I really, 
between me and not anyone else, I really, between me and God, that I shouldn't be doing. And I just feel like it was, you know, accepting Islam was the best thing in my life. And that's when my life changed. You know what I'm saying? I still struggle with certain things today, but you know, uh, for the most part, uh, I'm, I'm a much different person as opposed to back then. Now we're here at the third location, which is the Greyhound bus station to where I took the following night that I left the apartment complex that we were just at. This is the Greyhound. This is what I took. I took a bus to Las Vegas. And uh, like I said, I did that around about five in the morning. And uh, I did that as a way of getting away from everything that shut me down as far as like not talking to anybody anymore. And really just at the, on, the concept of not knowing who I really am, who I really was anymore. So that's why I came here and I actually took a bus to Las Vegas just to get away from everything that was around me that was here in Houston. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there were times where I was, actually, I was actually down here and slept on benches, you know, uh, in the middle of the night. You know what I'm saying? Not just not aware of who, what was going on or who I was. I had a, a, a somewhat of an 5% idea of what was going on, but not, not holistically, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, uh, like I said, I just wanted to, throughout this documentary, the journey of a gifted writer, I'm sorry, uh, I wanna uh, take you all into a scope, a lens of, you know, how my life has been and also, you know what I'm saying, the conditions that I work under as far as like, you know, being diagnosed with schizophrenia for the last 17 years. I want, I want people to, uh, those who suffer from, not just suffer from mental illnesses, but you know, those I want, mainly them, I want them to understand that, you know, uh, just to see my life and see that what I've done like over the past uh, 12 years and, and written and published four books and uh, just to see, you know, that, they can do it too as, as if I could do it, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I feel like people like myself, we need a person that uh, is actually doing that because the world is so fast paced, you know, uh, with the so-called normal, it's, everything is fast paced, you know, working, going to school and this and that, you know, sometimes you don't feel like you have a place in life if you have a condition, like a medical illness. So I want to give people that lens and open the scope and let them see, you know, exactly how I did it. Man, so this is the part of my life. Uh, this is the part of my life where, you know, uh, that things actually started to make sense. And it's gonna sound like an oxymoron because this is when I started, you know, going in and out of mental uh, hospitals. You know what I'm saying? And this is where the part of my life where I had to physically and mentally understand that. I'm not just being put away because I'm crazy. I'm being put away because this is a part of my life where God is trying to help me find myself and also help me deal with the issues of being diagnosed as a schizophrenic. You know what I'm saying? So uh, as time progressed, you know, more and more as I started building up and going back to the hospitals, uh, I started to, I went from being, you know, 
forced into the hospitals because I went, I was unwillingly going, you know what I'm saying? And I had been taken there. But uh, this part of my life is where, there was a part where I actually started to just admit myself, you know? And I tend to make people laugh because I, when they tell people, they say, man, how was it like in there? I said, man, you know, I was on vacation. And they think, what? And I'm like, look, this is a place where I go to get away from everything out in the world. And I go and get to be with people that understand me. You know what I'm saying? They, they understand where I'm coming from. They know me very well. And, you know, um, but man, it's just so much. I, I wouldn't be able to get it all in this section right here about, you know, going to, you know, uh, those uh, hospitals, the mental hospital, because, you know, the things that took place there is, is irrelevant. What, what's relevant is that I learned to find myself within those moments. And now I know how to cope. And I can actually sit with mothers and daughters and, you know, uh, sons, and I can tell them and how to, and I can show these mothers and, and uh, daughters, and I can show these mothers how to deal with their children who suffer from, uh, you know, schizophrenia and, and mental health issues and stuff like that. Okay, so uh, this we're here at the second location, and um, I just wanted to make sure I get this location because this is the actual uh, psychiatric hospital to where uh, a lot of the pitfalls happen because of me taking ecstasy, you know, uh, a few years back. And, um, but yeah, I, like I say, I've actually been to this location. I've been here over 22 times and throughout the 17 years of my life. And uh, it's not pretty, you know, people, when they see it, you know, they're immediately afraid, but it doesn't really, I'm just, I'm used to it, you know what I'm saying? And like coming here is like, uh, actually, I actually, when it's time for me to go, I admit myself here because hopefully people watching this will help them to understand like it's better to admit yourself if something is wrong versus them having to take you in because you got to understand you're going here to get help you're not coming here for them to do anything wrong to you you know what i'm saying so that is the, uh, one of the most important things that you know that i wanted to discuss in this documentary and um see what else you know um you know i, I i've taken you know I, like i said i've been there you know the Harris County Psychiatric Center, I've been there over, at least over 22 times, you know what I'm saying? And when people, I don't really, t you know, I don't have an issue with being transparent about where, I, where I've been in my life because I feel like the things that you don't talk about, I feel like those, that is what the world is gonna use against you. So I, I get that out of the way so that way I don't have to worry about there be any holes in my story, you know what I'm saying, in my personality. But, you know, I feel like, you know, being, you know, admitted into these places, I feel like this is the design of God. This is the design that was meant for me to happen to me, because I feel like everybody's life was is is uh, is is laid out and designed by God before they were born. That's just my personal belief, you know, and um, so everything that happens to you, whether you like it, good or bad, is going to happen regardless. And. That may be just my opinion as opposed to everyone else, but that's just what I feel. Uh, and, and as far as that, you know, um, I had to do, I had to also deal with, you know, learning not to hurt, learning to slow down with, you know, drinking alcohol because the thing is that, you know, many people drink alcohol while they take their medicine, but it's really, 
truthfully not a good thing, you know. And I'm not just saying that to be vague or anything like that, but, you know, it is uh, something that I had to learn that it just doesn't balance well, you know. Um, it just doesn't balance well. And I also don't want to leave out the fact that if you are, you know, suffering from mental, you know, issues and health issues, is that you should really, you know, take, don't listen to me, please. Continue to take your medicine. But if there is a person out there who is, you know, licensed professional herbalist, uh, you know, naturopathic doctor, then, you know, you listen to that person, let them coach you, because they're going to tell you not to just stop taking, they're going to tell you to, they're not going to tell you to just stop taking your medicine. But one thing I do believe is that you should just keep taking it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and let the scales weigh out each other, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's just that, you know, and, but like I say, this part of my life is just where, you know, it was lessons and um you know i i in 2010 about five years after i left vegas uh i wrote my first book called uh smiling through the pain and smiling through the pain is on, is on amazon and that's where you know i put a lot of my a lot of my uh what i was going through at the time during that time in 2010 which was a two-year uh two-year depression you know, taking medicine and trying to balance out and dealing with, you know, dealing with negativity about, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you're diagnosed with something, a lot of people, especially schizophrenia, a lot of people feel like, yeah, he says he's going to do this, but I don't know if he's really going to do that, you know, because they, some people, not all people, that we have that, we have that judgmental, you know, that we have that judgmental lens, what we feel like. We, we, we believe it if we see it, and that's okay, but you shouldn't do that with everything when it, when it comes to human beings because you just never know. And that's why I like to talk about the fact that, you know, I've written books like Smiling Through the Pain, and my second book, you know, years later, was uh, The Other Side of Ecstasy, which is what is the basis of what this whole My Life story is about. And it's also on Amazon, and also I wrote, you know, about two years after that, I wrote a book it's a, a self-help book called uh, The Power of Achievement. And I have to say that that is, that is my best work. The Power of Achievement is my best work. And, uh, you know, and my last book, uh, my most recent book is called Black Gold Down Under. And that, with that book is when I actually learned how to tell and create stories. I went from writing poetry in 2010 to, to today, 2021, I mean, 2022. Well, 2021, I wrote Black Gold Down Under and published it. And that's when I learned that, hey man, you know, I can tell stories now, this is a fiction story. And, you know, and right now, um, about a year ago, uh, I enrolled into, you know, the Houston Community College, you know, and I started take, taking uh, English courses. It, my, my goal is to get my master's so I can start teaching on the college level and then go into uh, a PhD where I can actually, you know, teach at a university. But university doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. My thing is I love teaching amateur writers how to write a book. And I have a, uh, I have a writing coach uh, program where I'm, I'm literally, you know, going above and beyond with the price to help you, you know, pay the money where you can learn how to write your book because 
when I first wrote my first book, it's, it, was, it was more than just a story. It was more than just poems. It's when God showed me the vision that, you know, uh, I'm going to break a, a, a curse of poverty in my family. You know, uh, I'm going to break a lot of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, be able to set the stage for the, the family, the wife and children that I have. And, you know, being able to leave, you know, copyrights in their name and stuff like this. So it's, it's, it's really, and I talk about that a lot in my book, The Power of Achievement, because that book is basically sums up, you know, uh, anything that you do in this life, you know, if you're not doing, if you don't love doing it, you're not going to authentically do it like you like you mean it because that is what your purpose is to do things that you love to do in this life and i t and i teach that not only can you do what you love doing but you can get paid for it you can you, you it can be you know you can turn it into a career that's what i did with writing i turned my ho my hobbies into a career and you know uh that's what I want to discuss uh, at this point of this documentary.